Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. This is the Mosaic of Mary, and I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church here in Chatham, Virginia, and I'm so glad to be with you guys again. Once again, I've got my partner, Miss Mona Seldon, with me. Miss Mona, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here again. Um, excited to be here and talking about the Word of God with you today. Amen. And that is our topic for today. We're going to be talking about the Word of God and why you should love it. Um, I do believe that when you get saved, when you come to know Jesus as Savior, that He'll put in your heart a desire to read His Word more. And by the way, when you are in Jesus and the Spirit is in you, that's when the Bible really becomes alive. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement? I do. And I um, I also think that um, sometimes we need to make sure that we are asking the Lord to do that in our hearts. That sometimes we um, might struggle with the desire is there, but we struggle with the um, getting it into our schedules, mm-hmm. fitting yeah. it into our lives, um, the different seasons that we're in. And yet, if we ask the Lord to create within us that hunger and thirst for it, that he will. And so, and I really believe that um, I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in others. And so I believe that that's we, where we need to start with it. And, you know, people struggle at times trying to find that right time. I, people ask me, you know, should I do it first thing in the morning? Um, should I do it? on my lunch break? Should I do it at night before I go to bed? And my answer is, personally, I think it's better in the morning. You're refreshed. You're more um, focused. And at times, if you do it right before you go to sleep, you're going to fall asleep trying to read it (laughs) because you're tired. But I I would say this. I don't think there's any wrong time to read the Bible. Right. Uh, What Do you have a, just sort of your plan when you have your quiet time, um, what do you, well, what, I get up it? very early in the morning, um, seven days a week. I'm up early um, and um, spending time in the Word and in prayer um, and then doing study also. And And it's something that has developed over time and um, something that God created within me, the ability to get up early to do that mm-hmm. to the point where now um, if I know that something's happening that might make it hard for me to get up. I get a little anxious about it. <laughs> um, but um, but to the, also to the point that I want to um, guard it and make sure that even when we're camping, I'm up and out the camper as early as possible so that I have that time. Well, it's important. And now mine is, I have my time, is when I walk into my office. This uh-huh. is my time, usually 8.15 or so. And I know this is where I meet with God. Right. And it's like you said, I know if there's other stuff going on, then I just make sure I get here earlier right. or even have it at, at the at the house. Um, but I'm going to make sure in the morning, right. um, obviously not as early as you, <laughs> but in the, and that's the good thing about the Holy Spirit. He, he doesn't really care as long as he meets with you. Yes. That's the key. Just make sure you set apart some time to get alone get everything else out of the way and have time to let God minister to you through his word. He did not give us his word to sit on a shelf 
and only be brought to church on however many times a week you come. That's right. He gave it to be read. He gave it to be lived out. And um, so we have to get it in us so it can pour out of us. So we're today at 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is just our jumping off point. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I want to read them really quickly, and then we're going to just dive in. Um, all Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, as we get started, I want everybody to understand the word man there means mankind. It means all humans. It's just not speaking just of men, but of mankind. So for all of us, uh, men, women, boys and girls, right. all age groups, senior adults, all age groups. So just as an overview, getting started, what is this verse telling us? Well, I um, have come, really come to appreciate this verse um, over the years of doing Bible study and the fact that um, this really gives us our application points. And so as this um, scripture, this these two verses talk about um, what it's profitable for. That has what is what it has come to mean to me, um, that it is profitable for teaching. It is profitable for reproof. It is profitable for correcting and it is profitable for training and that anything that you read in the scripture and anything that you're studying, you can look and say, well, what is it trying to teach me? What is it trying to um, correct me? What is it trying to train me in? And we can um, apply that to anything that we read in the scripture. Yeah. You know, I teach people and I, well, I tell people, try to teach them whenever you read your Bible, a paragraph, your first thought should be, so what? Right. As a result of reading this, so what should I do now in my life to adjust my life to what the Bible says? Too often, um, I don't think we do that. Mm. I think people want the Bible to adjust to our lives, to make us feel good about ourselves, to make us think our way is okay, when it is totally polar opposite of what God teaches, he teaches that we let this book come into our life, show us the error of our ways. Uh, think of Psalm 139, search me and try me, see if there be any way mm -hmm. that is not of you, God, in me. Right. And as we look at that verse and as we look at those words, um, that each one is something different in um, teaching us, is telling us what it has to say about any subject. Um, reproofing is is um, convicting us and showing us where our errors are in um, it could be in our thinking it could be in our beliefs it could be in our behavior um, correcting it is showing us how to get back to what God desires for us um, that upright state how to fix what is wrong and then that training is um, showing us how to stay right with God and so that each time we are in the word those are the things that we can pull out of it um, and those are the things that we can, like you say, say, so what? And um, not how I might interpret the verse, but how what it says for my life specifically. You know, one of my favorite pastors that I listen to and all the time is Herb Revis. And he said this about that passage and is those four things about teaching, reproof, correcting and training. He said what the Bible does, it tells us what's right. Mm -hmm. That's teaching. Tells us what's not right, reproof, how to get back right, correcting, and how to stay right, training. Right. 
those four things, and that's a good way. I, I just it stuck with me when I heard him preach that um, about what the word does. And by the way, so it always now some of you out there be going. Well, now what does the word numbers have to do with those things? I promise you. That is just one of those books specifically that you have to read with a spiritual mind. Right. You have to, not only spiritual mind, but an enlightened mind by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so that you can grasp exactly what's going on in that passage because all four of those things are truly there. There's some great stories in the book of Numbers. Right. Um, when the spies came back, you know, and they were ready to stone Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb because Joshua and Caleb brought back this good reporter. Let's go in there better than us so but you can read that there in numbers 13 and 14 if you want to go take the time but let's just dive in now um a little bit more about it and here's what i think the key is to this whole passage too all yes now today a majority of people just will focus on the new testament right now in in a sense there's nothing wrong with that because that's where jesus really is present you know jesus is on the scene um, I know in my, I don't know how you exactly do your quiet time, but I know in mine, I'm going to be somewhere in the Bible reading and studying, um, but I'm also always going to be in one of the four Gospels or the book of Acts. And that's because that's where Jesus is living out how we're to live as a Christian. So like right now, I'm in the book of First Chronicles. I had to remember what I was, I was about to end First Chronicles going the second. So I'm in First Chronicles doing this study of the Kings. And so I'll read three or four chapters, however the Lord leads, and then I'll go to the book of Luke, where I'm at now, and read a chapter or two, and where Jesus is at. And I'm always saying, so what? And then I read the proverb that corresponds to the day. So that's sort of my line. But all scripture. So what does he mean when um, Paul writing here to Timothy says that all scripture is God-breathed? Well, I think it just goes back to, I've kind of said the same thing, but that it, it is every single part of our scripture, every single part of what um, we have in as the Bible. It's the Old Testament and the New Testament put together. And I think um, that one of the greatest things that you can learn is, how, yes, the New Testament is in the Gospels, especially that that's when Jesus was here on earth. Um, but to learn how all those scriptures in the Old Testament point to Jesus um, and to learn how all of it, God's um, plan of salvation, we see way back in Genesis in the very, very beginning. Um, and, And so all scripture from Genesis to Revelation, or as some people say, to the maps. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I was thinking about now, Paul was known, you know, Paul's um, way he would come into town. He would go right to the synagogue first in the Bible, and you can go in the book of Acts and read all about his writings. He would go in there, and he would go to synagogue, and he would reason to them from the scriptures. Well, what scriptures did Paul have? He had the Old Testament. He was part of writing the New Testament um, in the moment, but Paul would specifically be in the Old Testament. I want you to go, uh, we're going to look at a couple people that really pulled out and drew out the fact that the Old Testament proved the, the belief of Jesus. So Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, I don't know that anybody that ever shares their faith in the gospel wouldn't reference that, this passage. And it says this, and starting at verse 3 of 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15 and verse 3, 
for I deliver it to you as of first importance. Well, first importance means supreme importance. I want to make this statement to you out there. The most important thing in your life is not who you'll marry. It's not where you're going to go to college at for those seniors. It's not who are going to be your friends. It's not going to be your profession. The first importance in your life is answering the question, what do I do with Jesus? Because that's what's going to matter at the end of all things. What did I do with Jesus? Am I going to follow him as Lord and Savior, or am I going to reject him? And both have consequences. Your eternal future is all based upon that one question. Jesus asked it of his disciples, who do people say that I am? And it was on Peter's great confession that he said on this rock, is that rock of his confession, that Jesus is the son of the living God. So I want to encourage you out there, if you've never, ever given your heart to Jesus, it is of utmost first importance that you do that to make sure that you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So he says that. So as of first importance, what I also received. So Paul in his studies tells us that the very first thing that he learned when he met Jesus on that Damascus road shortly thereafter, and we know he went to the desert for a while, and I believe fully that he met with Jesus there in the desert, taught him salvation, what it meant, how it played into his life, and how from the scriptures they just enlighten Paul um, studying back through those years under the at the feet of Gamaliel, who studied at the feet of Hillel. And I know that's sort of a rabbit trail that I'm not going to go down. But he studied under all these amazing men, and he knew the Old Testament. You know, a Pharisee in the zeal for righteousness he talks about there in his biographical nature there in 2 Corinthians 11. But the first thing he was taught by Jesus was salvation. So let me try to get through it now. That Christ died for our sins, and I love this, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Thoughts? Just showing that, again, like I said, we can go back to the script, to the Old Testament scriptures. He was referring to the Old Testament scriptures that he had, um, that in those scriptures is God's plan of salvation, um, his, what he intended to do um, from the very beginning, um, from the time that he spoke to the serpent um, and said that you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. Um, that from that point onward, we can trace those truths that Paul talked about in the scripture. And so when Paul was studying and learning about um God's plan for salvation and what God planned to do and how he did it, um, then he could see that through the scripture. You know, it's been said there's always that scarlet thread mm -hmm. that runs through scripture right. um, that talks about so often um, just the blood of Jesus, how it was going to come, that Jesus would come. And you can legit find Jesus in every book of the Bible, yeah. even in the book of Esther, where it doesn't mention right. Jesus, it doesn't mention God. Right. But you see him there. He's absolutely um, present in that point. So just a few other places that we want to take you um, that talk where people from the New Testament um, talked about verses of Scripture from the Old Testament and proving that all Scripture is God-breathing. And we want to hammer that today. Obviously, we're not going to get through everything that 
that we have today. So we'll be back next week talking about this again, um, just so you know. But there's so much about the Word of God. I mean, legit, could we not talk about this one truth and principle for however long we do this? We could. So um, one other place I want you to go. Let's just go to Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to read this because you you brought it out this morning. He's there in Luke chapter 24, um, verses 25 through 27. Um, he has uh, been killed and he is resurrected and he meets some people. And here's what he does. So he meets them on the road and he said to them, um, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And so by saying that, um, beginning with Moses and then going through all the prophets, that's saying that he is using the totality of the Old Testament to show what was said about himself um, to, to them, to explain it to them. And, you know, you read a little bit farther on in that passage, and here's what I love. I love when you, and it's toward the end of that paragraph, and I'm using the word paragraph talking about the one concise thought there about the Emmaus Road. When they when they run back to town after they've broken bread and they, Jesus, and then he just disappears from them, they run back to tell the disciples, does it not say something along these lines? Did not our hearts yep. burn within us? Yes. That's what the word does when it comes alive in you, does it not? It burns in you. Yes. And and um, are you looking up something there? No, just going back. Just to trying it. to make sure I was quoting it correctly. <laughs> make sure I didn't miss something. That's no, you didn't miss anything. No, and I want, but I wanted to hit that part that the yeah. word of God, man, it moves you, and it it will legit burn inside of you, and it just exalts the Savior inside of you and the Holy Spirit. I just believe it's sort of a picture of that when the Holy Spirit is residing in you, which if you're a believer, he does. When you hit upon a truth and you understand that truth and your mind, that light bulb truly goes off, man, it's it's legit this fire that just you, you get. I, I know I get excited. I'll be sitting in my office many times and I'm smacking the table going, oh, my lanta, that's what it means. <laughs> And and Gail, my secretary, has come running before going, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I just got a great thought. So the Holy Spirit showed me something. So you ever have moments like that? I know I'm sort of like weird about stuff like that. <laughs> well, I, I don't that say excited? my Atlanta. I've gotten that point yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in Bible study, when I've been teaching Bible studies over the years, we call those the aha moments. And so as we're sharing with each other when we're in Bible study, you know, we say, what, what was an aha moment that you had as you were studying this week? And that's what it is. That's it's the Holy Spirit revealing something to you that your natural mind does not pick up. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's, he speaks and he shows you what it is that he desires for you to see at that moment in time. So think about it. The, the God of all creation that spoke this world into being will speak to you. Yep. Isn't that mind-blowing? It's very mind-blowing. Very humbling. Very. So there are what, 5 billion people on the face of the planet um, have no idea the number of Christians. Um, I would at least say a billion or more. Wish it was 5 billion too. But to think, and think if everybody's praying at one time, in the now I'm trying to blow your minds here. In the midst of however many people at one time are praying or talking or reading, God has time for you. Here's you specifically. 
and hears you um, specifically and knows specifically where you're at this situation. When we, you know, in the previous podcast, when we talked about the name of the Lord and one of them was El Roy, and so he sees. And so as you're sitting in um, your time with him and in your word, he sees exactly where you're at. He sees the season that you're in, whether you are sitting at home with little babies and um, and barely able to squeeze that time in with him because of, of their needs and the things that you need to do to take care of them, or whether you are taking care of elderly parents or um, dealing with uh, frustrating teenagers, what you know, whatever, God sees that. And so he uses that, his Holy Spirit, to speak to you specifically um, with what you need to glean from the word at that moment in time um, to meet your heart's desires, to meet your heart's needs, to give you exactly what you need, the grace and the mercy that you need exactly right then and there. Man, what what a God. Yeah. What a Savior. Yes. Um, just when you sit back and you think about it in the context of all that, I'm serious, it just, it will legit blow your mind. It's very humbling. You realize how small you are and how great He is. Yep. So um, coming back, in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, we find Peter. He stands up in front of um, all the brothers. There's about 120 people in that upper room. And he said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 16. Brothers, the scriptures, I love this word too, had to be fulfilled. Yes. There, there's no choice. God said it. It's going to happen. Right. You know, I say all the time, you don't ever know when, when Jesus tells you to get in the boat, you're going to the other side. I don't care if a storm happens in the middle of the lake, you're going to the other side yeah. because Jesus said That's so. Right. Yeah. He is the ultimate because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is the ultimate one that can say that. Um, so he says, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David. Mm-hmm. Legit, I've read this. You and I talked about this passage earlier, but it just hit me that what that says, the Holy Spirit spoke it by the mouth of David. Right. Jeez, that's pretty powerful. Um, Concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. But, you know, we talk about all the time that sometimes you get, um, you read a passage and yeah, you get something out of it, but then other times you read it and it just explodes. So I just had one of them old my lantern moments right there <laughs> when it's legit. And that's what it says by the mouth of David. He spoke it by the mouth of David. So what that is saying is that the Holy Spirit was speaking through David. I don't know that he had him in a trance. I don't know. I just think he was speaking the words out of him and there came ultimate scripture. Good gravy, my lanta. <laughs> I'm going to string a bunch together because that just flat out blows my mind. Yeah. That when you have those aha moments mm-hmm. of how amazing to be used up by the Lord. Yes. Right. You know, I just think about in my profession as a pastor, you know, my prayer is all the time, God, just use me, speak through me to people because Hank Meadows has nothing. Yep. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing for people. Well, and you know that I say that for myself also when people, um, you know, as I do teach Bible study and as I've been writing the blog and as I now doing these podcasts, um, and I often, I just sometimes just sit there and say, I don't know, God, why you've chosen me, but you have. And so it's, I'm going to continue to walk in obedience. 
And it's all him. It's not me. I don't have any training. I didn't go to seminary. All I've done is spend time in the word and with him. And then, and that's how he has taught me. And that is how he has given to me what then I can pour forth to other people um, simply because it's come from him. Yeah, just give me somebody full of the Holy Spirit more so than somebody full of a PhD. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, I, I want the guy who, um, I can just tell you about my dad real quick. You know, he had obviously, he had a high school education, but my dad knew so much scripture and knew so much interpretation of it, mm-hmm. what it meant. And, and he and I had some some great, great um, biblical conversation. So, you know, your schooling is not so much important out there. I don't know who's listening. Now, I'm not encouraged. Go go get schooling. I'm not right. saying that. Right. But make sure you're in the school of the Holy Spirit yes. as you read Scripture. Yeah. Um, Peter also writing at his, in his epistle in Second Peter um, chapter 1 in 20 and 21, he said, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Two, two parts of the Trinity there. We see God spoke from God and carried along by the Holy Spirit. He is in everything when it comes to the Word of God. God is always prevalent. God is always present. The Holy Spirit is there. And so, so, so many times people tell me as pastor, well, I would read, but I don't understand what I'm reading. That's a cop out. Right. If you know the author of a passage, uh-huh. he can fully tell you what he meant. Yes. So I don't, I don't allow people to get away with that. Right. <laughs> and I've had some tell me, well, I would read, but you know, I just don't understand it. My comprehension skills. So what you're saying is that God can help every person out there except for you comprehend something. Are you kidding me? Right. God can speak the world into creation. God can heal the lame. He can rise up the dead. He can do all these things, but he cannot get your little feeble mind to comprehend something. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> that is legit crazy stuff. So I, I just don't go with that. So anyway, so our time's running short. Um, we're going to finish this next week. So it's just some closing thoughts that you want to leave people with about the Word of God that we can um, pigeonhole to get into next week. So just some closing thoughts. I would just say that um, if you are listening and you're thinking, wow, I've never, I've never gotten to that point. I've never, um, I don't understand your passion for the word. I don't understand that. Um, I would say set aside a time and sit down and ask God to give it to you. Like I said at the beginning, um, you know, we always need to pray and ask God to give you understanding. Um, and we also need to pray and ask God to give you that desire, that the time, the ability, making an appointment and say, mm-hmm. I'm coming today at this time. And Lord, would you open my mind and tell me and show me what you want me to see? Um, and so that I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now is just to encourage you yes. to to do that so that the excitement that you've heard from us can be your excitement because it can be. And it and God desires for it to be. Yes. Now and listen, we're not saying to begin with it's going to be easy. No. Because when you sit down and when you try to quiet your mind, and that's some of, of utmost important, quiet your mind, the enemy will yes. come at you with fiery darts left and right. You'll begin all the um 
clothes that you need to wash and all the windows that need and all you'll find whatever it is you do you'll find so many things flying through your mind right. at that moment but you just have to stay at it um have a stick to itiveness that you won't bend or break and bow to the will of the enemy because that's all that is right. is the bowing to the will of the enemy who doesn't want the word in you because i promise you this the more you get the word in you, the more the word's going to flow out of you. Yes. It's been said, and this is where we end, and I want you to pray, and then I'll branch close. Um, sin will keep you from this book, mm-hmm. or this book will keep you from sin. Yep. And that's an absolute truthful statement. So close this, sister. Lord God, we just we do thank you for your word, and thank you that you um, we have the privilege of having it and holding it in our hands and being able to leap through it and to see it. Um, and that you do equip us with the Holy Spirit to help us understand, to help us grow in our desire, and to help us um, make it more a part of our life as we need it to be. And so I pray for those who um, are just beginning in that journey, that you would meet them exactly where they are, that they would seek you and find you, um, because we know that you've promised that they would. And so, and I pray for those who have been rolling rather along, but that you would cause them to go even deeper into the word and into um, their relationship with you. And so, Lord, thank you for the privilege that we have of um, speaking truth into people's lives. And may we um, be able to share our excitement for the word. And um, we just thank you for it. And we're blown away by the fact that you've entrusted it with to us. And so we want to handle it accurately. And so we ask for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And once again, this is the Mosaic of Marion. I'm Hank Meadows with Mona Selden, my cohort, as we do this. And um, we're here every Tuesday. Um, It'll be put up on Tuesday morning. So you're able to find us every Tuesday in a variety and sundry of ways. So I want to encourage you to be tuning in every week and um, share it with others. So I want to thank you once again, and God bless you, and we will see you next week.